Hello and welcome to Stories from My Drinking Days. My name's Harry Fell and I'm the founder of Nolo Cocktails and Bars. We're joined today by Yarka accounts. Um, Yarka came to the UK in 2002 True. as a um, as an au pair and is now settled in Bristol. So um, welcome Yarka, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. So tell us a little bit about your drinking journey. It's obviously you you haven't been brought up in the UK. You were brought up in the Czech Republic. Yes, Czech Republic. And as if, if anybody knows anything about Czechs, we drink and we love our beer. And there is a drink called Slivovica as well. And it's kind of a plum brandy. And it's been sort of pushed at me ever since I was little. And I'm, I just didn't like the smell of it. It didn't really work for me. Beer was sort of pushed on me. And they all knew I'm a bit of a lightweight as well. So I could easily just have half a pint or, you know, glass of wine. And I was tipsy. I knew if I have any more, I lose control. So I always kind of moderated my drinking from very early. I was like, oh, no, you need to drink more. You need to practice. You need to build resilience. And I'm like, no, nah, no. And I just remember this time we went to see my cousin and they live in an area where they um, do wine. So it's a winery sort of area. And we went out. And I got so bad. I don't know how much how much I had to drink, but I then walked for like an hour to walk it off. I couldn't bear to be, you know, to get it out. So I walked it off, and and I just thought ever since then I was very in control of knowing how much I'm going to be drinking. Yeah. So would you say you don't like the feeling then of being drunk? It's not the feeling. It's the losing control. Okay. That was always my my big thing. The moment I felt I'm I'm losing my because you know all those stories. You know you drank. You know somebody picks you up. They spike your drink. And especially when you then move countries, you don't speak the language. And a lot of people might find the accent attractive. Or you know I was always worried that it might then play against me. Although I was with friends, yeah. so I was always the one that was in control. So. I managed to always make, you know, take myself home as well as my friends. And that was sort of working for me. But yeah, <laughs> but being in, check, being in check, it's been always a bit of a, oh, sorry. It's always been a bit of a, like, oh, you're Czech and you don't drink. I was like, well, it's what it is. Or I, I don't drink, <laughs> you know, to get drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So you've pretty much always, um, moderated your drinking then really from quite an early age and how how did you find did you find a difference in the drinking culture between uh, the Czech Republic and and coming to the UK it was I think in Czech it was more done as a family uh, or with a big big group of friends whereas in England I found it a bit more getting drunk for the sake of getting getting drunk Yes, yeah. all and kind of in Bristol, it's all quite notorious for uh, people getting a bit violent and very aggressive. Not violent, but like more like more aggressive, vocal, and that was always a little bit kind of scaring me. So I always allowed myself a drink, but not to a level to either be the target or be one of the people to do that sort of stuff. So I always kind of try to stay away from that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that sounds really sensible, doesn't it? <laughs> you know. That's a very sensible and, and uh, yeah, grown-up approach to drinking, really, which I think a lot of us don't quite manage. So, so 
having moderated then for the majority of your adult life, you actually don't drink at all now, do you? Oh, do you know what? I do. I used to like a pint of cider, such as was my, like, cider was my little weakness. Or, you know, Bailey's, Malibu. You know, I know all of these things. I worked in a bar and we used to have, you know, a bunch of shots at the end of the ship before we went home. I mean, 20 years ago or something. Um, yeah. But this summer, I don't know what it is, premenopause or the, the sun is shining stronger or I don't know what's in the air. But this summer has been really hard for me to drink because we went, okay, we went out, um, we went away um, into Cornwall for holidays. We love our little, we love caravanning. So we went away caravanning and we met our family as well down in Newquay. And, you know, we were together. Everybody's kind of having a, you know, kind of beer and I had a side there. And and the day after, I mean, I, I experienced migraines, but what, I, what that was, it was like a migraine hangover, paralyzed, bed bound, all in one. I was like, what is this? So it already took one day away from me being with my family on holidays. And I thought, I'll just suck it up. I'll, I'll be fine. I was struggling, really, really struggling. Then it, then we were celebrating something and uh, I had a glass of wine. I, I just, I, I've got no words. What, ha what was happening to my body was not only painful, but what I realized was, like, I can't do this. As much as I'm enjoying the or the glass of wine or you know some pint of cider, it's not worth that that ten minute enjoyment of drinking it and getting tipsy is not worth me losing ho my holidays with my family with. Yeah, that was a massive, massive realization. I didn't see that coming at all. It's a bit like you know drinking coffee. I dropped I dropped coffee and I only drink coffee when I'm really like you know tired and it's a it's a definitely a coffee day. Um, but I don't drink it for the taste. I drink it for to stay awake for the coffee. So when somebody offers me, you know, coffee, sorry, I diverted a little bit, but it's a yeah, very similar yeah. thing. It's like I enjoyed the taste this time yeah. of the alcohol and being the tipsy, but it's the day after and the day after. I don't know yeah. whether that's life after 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just found it really difficult. Yeah, I think our body's reaction to alcohol does change as we get older. And definitely in perimenopause, you know, lots of women report that their reaction to alcohol yeah. is so much worse. So I definitely think, I mean, yours does sound extreme, but I think it is something that, <laughs> that a lot of people experience. Yeah. I'm glad it's not just me then. Because <laughs> it was so funny. We went out with a couple of mums that we meet on a school run and we just, well, let's just go for a drink. I had one glass, you know, half a pint of cider. And I'm talking, this is June, way before summer even. And that's when it sort of started to feel a bit, maybe it's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> so we went out and then I went to my office as well because I work um, with, the, with a team of accountants as well. And... They're like, oh, so, you know, why didn't you come to work yesterday? And I'm like, you're not going to believe it. And I was like, well, what happened? And I said how crappy, how awful, how dreadful I felt after half a cider. And they just looked at me saying, and the same thing, you know, you need to build resilience and all of that. And I'm like, no, I just can't do it. And the word that popped up after, and I was like, right, it's going to live with me. Yarka, you're pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am. I am pathetic. <laughs> I can't even have a glass of wine now. 
Yeah, oh, no, I, I'm not sure that that's, that's you being pathetic, though. No. You know, I think uh, our body... They meant it all um, in kind of a funny way, and, jest, I, and I yeah. took it funnily. I mean, if yeah. it was anything else, I would probably take offence. But <laughs> it was all kind of handled in a fun, yeah. sort of, you know, humorous way, rather than getting, yeah. you know, vocal about it. But it was, yeah, so no. Yeah. It's amazing, though, isn't it, that people have said to you that you need to build up a, a resilience to alcohol rather than actually us just accepting that our bodies aren't designed to process it. It's That's something it. that societally we are expected to persevere with until we're yeah. able to, you know, cope with the alcohol. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it's very similar with food as well, isn't it? It's you you know the obesity of people is kind of growing and then you go in the shops and you know two-thirds of the shop is processed foods it was like well how are we supposed to um you know avoid it if it's right in our faces and same with alcohol it's it's just in your face yeah yeah that's it's true. on telly or you go somewhere and they've got a bar or you know you go to someone's holiday or um, birthdays and you and you go oh what do you fancy drinking i've got wine i've got this i've got that da, da, da. So um, I've got my bottle of water. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, when was your last alcoholic drink? Then, when did you have your last drink? That was probably August, beginning of August. Yeah, say around the tenth of August or something like that. That was my right. last alcoholic okay. drink. Yeah, so about two months ago now. Yeah. And have you noticed any changes at all since you completely stopped um, drinking? I feel. In regards to that, what I find a lot easier, now I've realised why I'm not drinking, it's taking me away from my family and everything, it's a lot, lot easier to say, no, I'm good, thank you. Yeah. Usually, in past, I was a bit more tempted. I was a bit like, oh, just a little bit, just a little bit. I could just, just a dink a little weeny bit. I could just, you know, but now I know I can't even do that. So it's a lot, lot easier. I don't feel as pressured into drinking. Because I've got a very good excuse. I just need to keep remembering it. You know what it's like with people? You forget. Yeah. You don't do something for a long time. You forget why you do it or why you don't do it. I just need to remind myself of this. And I think, have, you know, being on your podcast, I'm just going to press repeat to just remind myself <laughs> that that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Well, but, you've got a very strong reason why you're not drinking, don't you? Yeah, you know? I feel it is. It's a lot, yeah. lot easier. I mean, body-wise, I haven't really... Because I've never really been a heavy drinker, so it's not like I suddenly, you know, lost a lot of weight. I wish, um, or you know, <laughs> yeah, or you know, I still have a brain fog. I think that's still there from having two babies. Um, so you know, I haven't really seen any differences as nice. such. But that just finding it a lot, lot easier and be able to joke about it and just be free about it. I'm not yeah. awkward about it. No. I used to probably say, no, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, the sort of thing, I'm trying to lose weight, I'm trying to cut down on my calories, I'm not, I'm not going to have a drink, I'm not going to have, you know, anything. But now it's like, no, I'm good, thanks. I'll just have my bottle of water. And and yeah. you will see me with my bottle. If any event you'll see me, I'll have my bottle of water with me. Yeah. <laughs> so, and how has everyone's reaction been to the fact you don't drink now at all? Oh, Yaka, you're pathetic. <laughs> this is just crazy. How can you not drink? Just try a little bit. Just a drink. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. So yeah. they still keep pushing. I think they haven't quite accepted it. But what I've started doing and what I am definitely going to look up will be your drinks. 
and I've just started. Um, um, there's like a non-alcoholic side there, and I don't think that's even something I'm going to be doing. But I'm just kind of looking at alternatives. So I kind of miss the social that goes sort of with it um, in a way of I just have the fancy glass, you know, with the with the yeah. Coke or something. I miss that a little bit. Um, and it's the taste, but I'm just need to I know a few alternatives that are non-alcoholic. So I'm going to um, in, investigate into those and um, give those a go. So it's not just easy for me, but it's easy for others as well. Yes. I think. Because, yeah. um, like, oh, you're just being selfish, not drinking. I was like, well, I don't know how selfish is that. Well, I am probably selfish, I suppose, because I think of me more than the day after and the day after, more than anyone else seeing me drunk. Yeah, I I don't think it's selfish to, you know, um, well, it's not selfish, really. You're putting yourself first. You're putting your family first. You know, it's not. Yeah. And and all you're doing is not drinking alcohol. It's not, Mm. you're not harming anybody, are you? It's not like I'm taking drugs or anything. (laughs) No, exactly. No, not at all. And there are some really good non-alcoholic ciders out there now. Yeah, um, I'm I'm starting to build a list of things. Yeah. But then again, you then almost need to go directly to people rather than actually in shops because there's not a lot of choice in the shops. No, no, that's true. And, the, and I would say the only thing to look out for when you're looking at the non-alcoholic ciders is actually how much sugar's in there as well. Because okay. some of them are quite high in sugar. So um, oh, you, you see, could be repla- yeah. replacing empty calories Thank with you. Uh, more yeah. empty calories. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Red Bull on steroids. Yeah, yeah. But there, I mean, there are some really good ones out there, mm. um, depending on what you like. And I think even, I think Thatcher's do a 0% as well now. So, you oh, know. do they? Oh, you I shouldn't think have told so. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so I quite like the Smash Drinks. Smash Drinks do a cider, mm-hmm. 0%. And actually, it does taste like cider because obviously, you know, the one, one thing that you do get people you hear people saying is uh well surely non-alcoholic cider is apple juice (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's bubbles and apple juice yeah 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 i think there is uh, a lot more science to go with it yeah yeah definitely definitely so um tell me a bit about your business then you so you qualified as an accountant after you obviously came to the uk as an au pair and what made you go into accountancy? I shouldn't be probably saying this. This is going to stay on internet forever and ever and ever. So when I first kind of had a taste for accountancy, it was in a, like a business academy in Chile before I left for England. And so we had a um, pr- project um, subject that I was kind of taking. And my as we were doing the final exams, my teacher went, Yarka, whatever you do, don't do accountancy. but I guess I just when I when I kind of moved into England I sort of fell into it so the first two years I was working as an au pair looking after other other people's children Um, and then when I went to university because I wanted to have a university degree because it's a big thing in Czech I was the first one for my family to do a university degree and it was a big thing for me to try at least and I had the opportunity to do it and I'm like right I'm doing it I'm totally doing it um so accountancy at that time wasn't something that I kind of had my eye on because of what my teacher said. So yeah. I did um, English as a foreign language and European studies. And part of that degree was to do, to go to uh, for as Erasmus. So I went to Sweden for a year, which was absolutely fantastic, the best year of my life. 
And another year was to work uh, in a work placement. And I got a work placement in a language center. It's now closed. It was in the city of, uh, city of Bristol in the center. And I started as a as an intern. So I was sort of doing everything and nothing, just a bit of admin, sitting at the reception, accepting new, cli uh, new, um, new students and all that. And when it was then my time to go back to university to finish my last year, the opportunity was to do a part-time bookkeeping alongside of my degree. And I thought, I'm, I am looking for something part-time. And I told the boss, <laughs> I told mother lady then, I was like, but my, my teacher said not to touch it. I was like, I don't know. I've never done it in England, you know? So I'm getting, you don't know what I'm, you don't know what you're getting and I don't know what I'm getting myself into. She said, well, just give it a go. Let's just give it a go. Let's do it for a couple of months. And if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Okay, we'll find you something else. And, and, and here I am, like 17 years down the line, I'm still doing accounts. So what Action Your Accounts actually is, I am doing the traditional year and accounts tax returns for clients. So I do the accounts for them. But what Action Your Accounts actually is, and it was set up three years ago, it's potentially a platform for those who do their own accounts. They either can't afford an accountant, so they're at the very beginning of their journey, at the beginning of starting up a business, or they might be in a business for a long, long time, but they were just treating it as a hassle alongside of their, you know, employment, full-time employment. Um, but I've, I'm, I've got a strong feeling, I've got, I'm, I'm a very strong believer in everyone having access to accountancy support, whether you are at the beginning or at the very, very end, um, you know, of, you know, at the beginning to, uh, to you are, you know, billionaire, let's say. Yeah. Um, but it's very important that everybody has that access because what you do when you start business, you start Googling things. You are a member in Facebook groups and you ask questions. And then you get 20 people telling you uh, different things. You get probably about, say, five different, you sift it down to five different opinions between those 20 people. But you still have those five opinions to sift through which one you're going to go for. And that's not right. That's still a lot of hard work. So I've got a, at the moment, it's free group, solopreneurs without an accountant. But from 1st of November, that's going to be a kind of a two-tier membership with guest speakers. We still get the you ask, you answer. Um, the free, um, what I'm trying to say, the free options to work with me will be a download. I've got a podcast as well called Action Your Account. And... There is on my Facebook group, um, Facebook page, I've been sharing loads. I'm doing 100 days of lives at the moment as well. So if anybody is interested in uh, listening to me rambling on um, about how to run a business as an introvert or, you know, how to process your bookkeeping, that would be the place to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can try. I am actually doing a five-day challenge as well on the 30th of October, which is all about accounts income expenses, allowable expenses, and how to start the total utter basic. So if anybody is interested, if you're interested, please come along. Excellent. Excellent. So you still have um, your own, do you have your own agency that does accounts for people as well? It's not my agency, but I do work alongside um, a chap called Nathan Brady. Um, so we run Stepping Stones Accountancy, and we've got a team behind us who does the work because I haven't got the capacity to do that as well as doing the year and accounts and tax return. So we've got a team who sort of does the actual work, the year and accounts, and then Nathan goes through it to just make sure that um, everything is correct before it goes out to clients. Brilliant. 
Brilliant. So, I mean, Anxion Your Account sounds like a fantastic resource for entrepreneurs and particularly new starters. Especially if you're starting up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, it, I mean, it can be quite, you know, expensive compared to your your initial takings when you're starting out. And obviously, everyone wants to try and save as much money as possible. No, absolutely. And I think the question people usually have is like, oh, at one point, do I start, do I outsource or do I, can I do it without an accountant? And you can, you totally can. The thing about accounts, it's not a reg, it's regulated to a point that whoever, whatever is sent to um, company sales and HMRC needs to be accurate. But it's not regulated to a point that only accountant, a licensed accountant can do your accounts. Anybody can do your accounts. You just need to be careful that they are licensed, that they're experienced, because you could easily just find someone who who's not. And, you know, then either, because they are not regulated, it's really hard to then fall back to, okay, he's done a crap job, who do I tell? Yeah. Me being a licensed accountant, you know exactly who to go to. It's all, all over my social media as well. <laughs> but it, would be AAT, it would be AAT. So it's really important that you've got somebody to fall back to if that person isn't licensed and I feel that it's really important that somebody who is trained to do your year and accounts and your tax return rather than somebody who just wakes up in the morning and goes I'm an accountant yeah you're not you're not yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's definitely people like that out there mm. uh, particularly people offering bookkeeping services that actually just don't have the training really to do it exactly and, and you you're absolutely right. Accuracy is is the number one thing, isn't it, when you're doing your book? Just do your due diligence. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So what's the best place uh, for people to connect with you? Uh, the best place is Facebook. Um, either find me on Facebook as my name, Jarka Krajčková, uh, which would be my personal page, um, or my podcast on Spotify. You can find me there as well. Brilliant. Or just call me. <laughs> That's brilliant, Yaka. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been uh, Stories from My Drinking Days, and my name is Harry Fell from No Low Cocktails and Bars. Thank you. Thank you.